everybody. Welcome to Comically Exposed. Uh, my name is Gabby. I am one of the hosts, and our other fabulous host is Heather Nye. Woohoo! Look at that. <laughs> um, so, welcome to our podcast. If this is your first time here, what are you doing here? Uh, but seriously, this is a podcast about having OCD and trying to break into the world of comedy and other things. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Is that it? Yeah. I think that's about <laughs> it. Also, this is episode 10. Ooh, nice. So we like to start off with a little check-in on uh, how things went since our last episode, which was a while ago. <laughs> uh, I mean, to them, it was two weeks right. ago, but <laughs> or for if us, it's been like... to all the podcasts, one right after the other. It was just like a few seconds ago. <laughs> but I have a little post-it note Ooh. because I forget things. So uh, I'm going to start with my stuff. How about that? Okay. Cool. Yeah. So last time I talked about auditioning for uh, this play that I found out about from a buddy in aqua aerobics, you know, the classic entertainment story. So I did the audition and that was really cool. And I was uh, not picked for the part, which is honestly fine because <laughs> it, it, uh, this sounds so dumb. There were so many words that I would have to memorize in in ways that are very difficult for me. I mean, just like huge monologues. And I, I'm more of like a back and forth gal. Anyway, they were incredibly nice, reached out to me and were just like, yeah, keep auditioning, you know, not for this project, but some in the future. So that was really cool. And then I also talked about like wanting to rent out a theater because I really want to do a night of everybody come in and talk about your horror stories on dealing with trying to get healthcare in this country. Still haven't found a theater yet, but that's okay. Um, yeah. it's, it's so let, let's, let's go back a little oh, bit though. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, let's talk about the, I'm busting through my list. What? <laughs> I know you're just like next, next, going next. through my list. We're, we're getting through it. No, 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 no. Let's, let's, let's set with the uh, auditioning. Oh, okay. Because you know, so how did it feel to audition? If I recall, and the little conversation we had last time was that when you were going to audition, you weren't sure if it was going to work out anyway, because your schedule didn't permit um, the time to do a lot of the practices that they would have to have. But you opted to do the audition, right? Because it'd be good exposure. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so how did it feel to audition to for something? Yeah. Yes. Okay. yes. Well, well, well. Um, it was good uh and horrible um so <laughs> yeah i i knew that the schedule was going to be tough um unless they paid me to be in the play uh it was gonna take away a good chunk of my daily job as a tutor so that was going to be a concern but instead of trying to future problem solve like my ocd desperately wants me to do at all times i decided fuck it. I'm just going to audition and see what happens. So uh, that was pretty cool. I, I went in and I was so worried because I didn't memorize all the lines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was really beating myself up for it. Surprise, surprise. And I had tried like a bunch of different types of methods to try and memorize lines. It just wasn't sticking. So it didn't matter because when I got there, 
they had all four parts printed out in scripts, like multiple copies. So like nobody was supposed to have memorized anything. (laughs) And I even came in with my printed copy and they already had that. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh, look at that. Gabby's overprepared and uh, beating herself up for a situation that like the bar was set so low. Why am I holding myself to this like ridiculous standard up here and preparing Mm. for everything when it truly doesn't matter. And anyway, it gets into like trusting other people and trusting myself to take care of a problem should it arise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The audition process itself was pretty cool. You know, it was two women running the show, which was great. And after my first take, they were like, hey, let me tell you about this character. And I was like, great. Because I tried to find the whole play online, you know this, yeah. so that I could get an idea of these characters more than the little like paragraph or two. And I, I, I couldn't find it anywhere for less than like 60 bucks or something. And it was just like, mm, dude, yeah. no. So my idea is the character was a speechwriter for, you know, a cheesy politician. And the scene is her trying to come up with the speech and she's just like saying words just randomly you know like future progress (laughs) forward motion and it's like which i think might have been why it was so hard to memorize because it's just like a list it's not even they nothing to do with each other because you're not great with lists you have to write them down (laughs) great callback okay (laughs) exactly So, uh, and they were like, yeah, this character is like extremely frustrated, uh, thinks that she should be a lot further in her career, doesn't want to work for this politician, is angry at her husband. And I was like, oh, okay. So I took it to like an eight, you know, and was just angry and like use the space and whatever. And I got a couple laughs, which is great because apparently the play was a comedy. Although from the sides that I got, I was like, is it? Um, <laughs> but anyway, they were like I said, they were super cool. They reached out and they were like, uh, even at the end of the audition, they were like, come do improv with us. Um, unfortunately, they do it in San Francisco, which is at least an hour away from me. So I haven't been able to get out there yet. But it was just very cool that they thought I was cool and they were cool and we were all pretty cool (laughs) about it. So, uh, and they also do, uh, comedy sports in San Jose, which is also like two hours away, (laughs) (laughs) but they invited me to come. So, you know, nice to make friends, put myself out there. Also nice to get Mm -hmm. rejected because I don't do well with rejection. So it was good practice. (laughs) And uh, sitting with all of that, did I answer all your questions? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I had a series of questions. Did I have ask questions? But uh, no, I just, no, it's great that you were able to go and just do it, you know, and, and put yourself out there. I mean, although there was some preparation that may have been in excess, mm-hmm. turns out, but to be fair, uh-huh. This is your first uh, real like audition. <laughs> yes, it's really so you didn't know what the expectation <laughs> was no to idea. show up. Uh-huh. So you have to give yourself a little bit of leeway in thinking this is your first time, right? Mm-hmm. And um, everything's a lesson or you know something to learn from. Mm-hmm. And 
And you did it. Yeah. All of that is true. And I totally agree. Yeah. And also in talking to, you know, some of our friends, they were like, hey, nobody follows up with an audition, you know, from an audition if you didn't get the part. So the fact that they followed Mm -hmm. up and took the time is like a good thing. Oh, I just remembered the OCD (laughs) part of it all. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So um, I get this really sweet email from them, but my OCD brain says there's too many exclamation marks in this email. It must be sarcastic. It must be uh, talking down to me. It must be them thinking that I'm this like pathetic creature that they're just trying to lift up. And I brought that up to my OCD therapist and he put his head in his hands and he said, nobody has time to make a sarcastic email. Nobody is going to take time out of their day to talk down to somebody that they're rejecting for the thing that they need. You know, it's like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, he was mm -hmm. basically like, you're not that special, which is something that my other, my uh, other OCD therapist used to say, which was always nice. But Yeah. yeah, I think, I think my therapist, if I would have brought that up, he would say, they might be. <laughs> OCD therapists does, are the worst. <laughs> They're the jerkiest people. <laughs> Truly. Oh, I mean, yeah. currently, okay, I know I'm jumping ahead, but currently my OCD exposure homework is to lie to myself because uh, – because I am so judgmental, which we talked about on the last episode, and I know that you are also judgmental of yourself, <laughs> um, so self-critical, and my thinking just goes to the catastrophic. It just that it's just mm-hmm. that's how everything is wired. So, yeah. So my therapist said, "No, now you got to lie to yourself." So every time I say, "Oh boy," you know, you you got really close in aqua aerobics to the person next to you and you were in their space and now they hate you is like, nope. Now I have to say, uh, I really blessed that person with uh, the nearness of my presence in aqua aerobics today. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure it's going to make their whole day that they got to be so close to such a fabulous human being. Oh, my God. I So anyway, as uh, my therapist is telling me to do this, I said, OK, that makes me feel like one, I'm lying to myself uh, and it's like I'm I'm not being realistic. I'm not facing reality. And he said, so what's the problem with that? And I said, well, it's a slippery slope because then I'll be delusional. And he said, OK, and then what? Again, OCD therapists are the jerkiest people. It's always like, and then what? And then what? And then, and you're like, oh, come on. So anyway, my and then what is, I'm afraid I will turn into Donald Trump. (laughs) And he said, I wish you would. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So all I'm saying is, if you notice me starting to part my hair a little too far and comb it over, 
<laughs> if I start wearing ill-fitting suits and trying to run an entire political party based on my weird charisma, <laughs> just know that I'm doing my OCD homework. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my God. It's to me personally. And I don't know if the audience will feel the same way to hear somebody else go through. Yes. Their own like OCD homework and hear the ridiculousness of stuff that comes out of your head that you're trying to reason why you can't do something. Then you, it makes you like, I mean, at least for me, it makes me go, okay, I see it. Yes. Now. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, uh, I love my individual OCD therapist, but my OCD group is so helpful because then somebody pops up and they're like, you know, I just, I'm not sure that I put the oatmeal away in a cupboard. So I had to check 25 times um, in the last hour. And I'm like, you dummy. Like, that is nothing. That oatmeal has nothing to do with anything. And then I come in and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm Donald Trump. And then I'm like, no, I hear it now. I hear it. That's bananas. <laughs> the oatmeal makes more sense, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and so I had a couple of friends over. Brag. I have friends. Um, and I have this whiteboard in my house that... Um, I recently got rid of all the OCD goal setting that was on there because it was for 25 different things and it was impossible to keep track of. And so I was just avoiding the whiteboard altogether. That's my main compulsion. So anyway, I had written <laughs> very sloppily my OCD homework of lying to myself and trying to be Donald Trump. And these are my friends who are... Uh, like political commentators, right? And so uh -huh. they come in and then I, I run up to use the bathroom and I come back down and they're both just staring at the whiteboard. <laughs> and I'm like, I can explain? <laughs> there was this intervention yes, that started exactly. to happen. Because <laughs> they were like, did you wildly change your politics uh, and we didn't you know we were just talking about like what and I was like oh no this is my OCD homework and they were like I don't know that you should do it <laughs> you don't want to risk it you yeah. don't want yeah. I know because it's there a, cannot be two of them exactly it's a slippery slope to Donald Trump <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But there is some part of me and I, you know, I were kind of talking about this earlier. That is, I would love a teaspoon of Donald Trump's just utter delusion, right? His ability mm -hmm. to like, believe in himself, create his own reality, not take no for an answer. That part I don't okay, that part I don't really want. But but just having that kind of blind confidence. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just. Although if he is truly a narcissist, it means he's truly insecure. Um, right. I but always forget that's that a about narcissists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. But yes, on the on the surface, it would be nice to have 
that kind of just a sous confidence, you know, just a yeah, yeah, un petit peu, just just give me a smidge, <laughs> you know. You know, um, Gabby means it when she speaks French. <laughs> and those are all the French words I know. So you are welcome. <laughs> Two years of high school French didn't really pass the second year, but <clears throat> we're here. We're good. Um, okay. Yeah. The other thing that I have to talk about, and then we're going to talk about your stuff. It is. Oh, I thought we were done. <laughs> that was the whole podcast. <laughs> Nailed it. High fives. Uh the last thing is just a TMS update for the listeners at home. Um, so I finished my TMS stuff and honestly, it was incredibly helpful when it comes to my depression. I totally felt a difference. And the uh, fact that we changed to a um, bi-hemisphere therapy kind of halfway through so it was supposed to do anxiety as well as depression that part was not as helpful that kind of unleashed more anxiety uh which was a bummer and uh, brought back some panic attacks which was a bummer and um the whole like waking up at 3 a.m every single night in a full oh, fight geez. or flight right uh, thinking that i'm yeah. dying also a bummer and uh, and then it would be immediately into like very catastrophic thinking because your 3 a.m. mind is mm -mm. not great. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but overall it was really good. Uh, there is a little bit of OCD around it, which is. Um, so they give you these assessments, right, uh, before and after self-assessments and um, – the anxiety was so bad at the end of the TMS that the assessment made it seem like my depression was worse than when I started the TMS. And so oh, no. the exit interview that I did with the TMS doctor, he said, I don't think Kaiser is going to let you do TMS again because it looks like we really didn't help you. And so... <laughs> Uh, that was at the beginning of January. And I've been meaning to contact that doctor again to be like, give me another assessment because now, now that I'm like back to my regular scheduled program of like, you know, full-time mm -hmm. tutoring and uh, aqua aerobics is back because they closed the pool for a while and, you know, all the routines are back. I can definitely tell that the depression is just like so minimized, have not gone completely. So mm -hmm. But I haven't sent the email, so there you go. Hmm. And do you know why? Um, yes. <laughs> you don't have to talk about it. No, no, no. Uh, I, was, I was saying yes because I feel like you know what I'm about to say, which is I want to get the wording just right. <laughs> yes, yes, uh -huh. yes. And uh, I want to make sure that it's persuasive in the ways that I want it to be persuasive so I can control the outcome of it, which is that Kaiser, an institution that I have no goddamn control over, none of us do, I mm -hmm. can somehow make it so that they will in the future, which I haven't asked for TMS in the future, but that they will be able to provide it for me at that time. So real normal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess 
I guess maybe, I mean, I don't have to, we don't have to talk about it any further, but um, I guess what are your next steps then? Oh, since you're like, since you're fully aware that this is happening the way it's happening. Yeah. Well, here's okay. Holy shit. Have we just been talking about me? So uh, I just hope, you know, it is going to be monologue Heather time after this. For- no, 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 no. <laughs> it has, there's no, <laughs> there's no problem in like one person discussing over another. It's not, it's nobody's keeping score. again nobody is keeping score in terms of who dominates or who doesn't but i think you know i'm holding up (laughs) two post-its right now that i have right near my computer one says there is no score the other one says no one is counting why do i have this on a post-it so i can freaking remind myself that that is true (laughs) um so here's the deal i have Mm -hmm. just figured out Based on your suggestion a few uh, weeks back in our sketch group, um, I've just figured out how to do dictation using my computer. Oh, great. So I have like run through so many emails that I have been putting off and stuff like that. It makes it so much easier just to talk it out. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a boomer, but the hell with it. <laughs> you know what you should feel like as a doctor because doctor dictates doctor dictates is the name of our other podcast yes 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 <laughs> please welcome to the stage doctor dictates <laughs> uh yeah so and i'm gonna do it imperfectly this email and then i'm just gonna send it and let the chips fall where they may so when world war three starts because of an email you'll know who to blame Mm-hmm. It's all Gabby's fault. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Okay. So going through your list, do we do we go through everything? Nope, or are we because there, the other okay, things on my list are Heather. So last time you were talking about dissociating, uh-huh. you don't have to talk about it. But if you do, I'd love like a little update because I think you were going through quite a bit last time we talked i i actually don't know a lot about my uh detachment that i do um i think with anything i started having more discovery that i was doing it um when i finally got in contact with my um psychiatrist Mm -hmm. because he was opening me up to different things and actually understanding my emotions because i went through therapy for a very long time and uh, my therapist because when she would actually ask me about my feelings, I would basically say, I don't know. Yeah. And the truth was, is that I thought I couldn't feel them. Yeah. But what was really happening is that I was feeling all of them. Overwhelmed. <laughs> yes. And I was overwhelmed and didn't realize it. And the way what I, I was doing about it was detaching myself from those emotions. Sure. And though detaching yourself from that is is important. I mean, for an emergency situation, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You you do that, you can focus, but my brain for some odd reason uses it to protect me from any emotions, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that I just don't want to feel. Yeah. And um, so it becomes a more of an avoidant rather than um, uh, anything. What happened in class was, um, and I think we talked about it for a while too, um, and I know, and I feel like it was so far away now. It's like, it feels like a month ago. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, it's like, it's so far yeah. away. 
but it just happened. No, but I think it was more than a month ago because we talked about it on the last episode. The de- the the de- the, the uh, disassoci- dissociation. Sorry, there's two different ones. There's disassociation and there's dis dis dissociation and disassociation. Those are different. It's like there's well because yeah because they're people say them uh, as interchanging, yeah. but it's like um, one's an actual thing. Um, it's like you're dis disassociating from someone uh-huh. versus dissociative. Oh. Like a disorder. I see. You it's know? like dissociating and I don't from know the if self I... versus someone else. Yeah. Okay. And and that is an actual disorder. I have not been diagnosed with that. Um, so I don't know if I actually are, have that disorder. Are you worried about stolen valor <laughs> or something right now? I think it's no. okay for you to claim a little bit of this, even if you don't have an official diagnosis. It's because Instagram, TikTok, they all, everybody claims to have oh, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they self-diagnose themselves rather than getting an actual diagnosis if they feel like they relate to them. Because I think in one way, Instagram and TikTok bring something to the forefront of something that's happening, right? Somebody's like, oh, wait, I do that. But then some people claim that they have the disorder without actually being diagnosed. And I kind of have a problem with that because... One, it kind of undermines the person that's struggling with the with the actual diagnosis, and two, maybe it also means they're not getting the treatment they yeah. need. And so that that's the other part. And then everybody, you know, whatever. Also, I should explain. Everybody thought they had autism. Uh huh. Yeah, that was a fun time. You know, on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, <laughs> my one of the things that my OCD does is it thinks that I don't have OCD. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it thinks I have something uh-huh. else. And one of the things were autism. Great. And so I used to ask my therapist lots of weird questions. And then he would basically come back at me and he goes, so are you thinking that you have autism again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Just real quick. I just want to interject for the listeners that. Thinking yeah. that you do not have OCD when you have OCD is so common. Yes. Uh, for me, there's a lot of like, oh, I'm just trying to get attention, obviously, or I'm I'm just, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be a part of a group that I'm not really part of or something. And, mm-hmm. and mine is I don't have enough to warrant, to warrant being. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. That, yeah. To warrant um, talking about OCD or even... Mm-hmm. Whatever. And so, so no, no, going back to your question, I'm sorry, this is no, a long this is way around. So when I detach, um, it's usually in result of too many things happening at once, like meaning I am being utterly self-critical. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but at the same time, I'm trying to counterbalance with a tool that I learned, mm-hmm. but then judging the tool. <laughs> <laughs> So if I'm like one of the things is to be present in the moment mm-hmm. um, and it, rather than listening to what's happening in my head, acknowledging that I'm criticizing myself yeah. and then trying to pull myself back into a grounded state. So grounding state is, you know, I could feel my um, my legs when I'm sitting, you know, where my hands are, where um, if there was a sound just right outside of me you know that i can hear and and those things bring me into the present moment 
And, and then that way I could focus on what was being said. But then I was judging myself Mm -hmm. that I wasn't focusing enough. And so, so sometimes when um, my mind gets overwhelmed, everything kind of hard shut down, just, oh yeah, there becomes a hard shut down and where I can literally see things, but I don't necessarily feel like I'm part Uh of it. And, um, and sound doesn't make any sense to me. Like it either goes away like completely or it just sounds like I'm like really muffled. Like I'm far away. Um, that is intense. You know? Yeah. And so it feels like I am not here, right. even though I'm literally here, <laughs> you know, it's just, it just, I don't know. And it doesn't happen that often. Um, but it just, you know, is happens. Enough. Is it scary when it happens? Um, oh, do we need to, do we need to take I'm care so of? I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. No, 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 no. Take care. There of, has been so much like activity happening over here and <laughs> I am being like, focus, focus, stay in the moment, stay with Heather. This is important. Yeah, she's talking about something important, dude. Uh, I know, exactly. And this white man over here. Because my dog is a little Buddy white man. Creature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Two seconds. I have this new method where I put a bunch of treats in a blanket and then I roll it up and then I roll that up and then it takes them a long time to get through it. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to do it. Real- I'm so sorry, Heather. Okay. No, that's okay. okay. And I'll probably forget what I talked about. I will remind you. (laughs) Hi. Apologies. That was our commercial break. (laughs) And we are sponsored by (laughs) Annoying Little Codependent Dogs. (laughs) Is your life full? Do you want something to be sucking the life out of you? Get a parasite today. (laughs) Um... Okay, so we were talking about your distancing that happens when you get a lot of thoughts and feelings coming in, especially when you then try and use one of your tools like redirecting to be in the present moment, but then judging yourself uh, as to taking yourself out of the present moment in order to use the tool to be in the present moment. And then I also wanted to know, is it scary for you? I just feel it just feels like I'm feeling like nothing. Ooh. It's and so it's kind of like I'm dull, but I know what it really feel. I know what it really is. It's me being overwhelmed. Yes, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and so because of that, I'm trying to distance myself. But uh, the thing that I'm trying to get better at is using self compassion rather mm. than trying to make myself present. Having a bit more like throwing compassion at it and and realizing this is happening you know, this is really hard for me. And, you know, it sucks, but I'm going through it. And just kind of acknowledging it and then putting compassion towards it, you know, um, rather than because what ended up happening was after class was over, I was going through an influx of combating doing compulsions and not doing compulsions. Mm -hmm. And they would just start up throughout the entire day. I think it lasted for days, like honestly, Oof. like on and off. And 
like for hours on days. So it's not like 24 hours of doing compulsions. That would be insanity for me because uh, I've never done that before that I am aware of. <laughs> um, but um, the things that I am aware of, I mean, I find myself, you know, catching myself doing a compulsion and I'm just like, whoa. But the weird thing is, is when I do compulsions, they feel, and I don't know if this is true for you. Um, and I don't know if it's because I've had OCD undiagnosed for so long in my life that I've found ways around things. Mm-hmm. But for me with compulsions, at least in the past, I wouldn't know they're happening. Yeah. Certainly my mental compulsions are like that. I do little things like that aren't necessarily mental, but you know, that seem repetitive outside of, and I'm not even aware that I'm doing it. And then that's when I'm like, oh, how long have I been doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'm acknowledging it. It's and so now I'm I'm getting better at it where I'm starting to notice them more mm-hmm. closer to the beginning rather than not knowing for like an hour. Yeah. You know, and so um, and then it always feels like like what happened at time? Yeah. <laughs> like literally like what just yes. happened? You know, it's like waking up from some weird zoning out state, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm not realizing I'm doing something. And then it's like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. It's it's just interesting. It just brought up to me like I was uh, talking to somebody recently and about the judgment and critical voice. And they were like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, I just, you know, I don't talk to myself like that, like in a judgmental way or I don't. And this is, you know, how I took their words. But it was like, oh, just just don't do that. Just don't be critical. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. that's that's the hard part i mean it is i mean people mean well and i think we mentioned this in another one um in another podcast but people mean well yes absolutely but But if they don't have ocd everybody has obsessive and compulsive stuff but it's not a disorder unless it um interferes with your daily function yeah and so it's like okay I can see how for some people would be like, oh, that was a critical thought I just had. Well, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to think rainbows and sunshine and boy, howdy, I'm great. (laughs) I'm like, God bless, you know, wish I could. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And that's, you know, like how, how, I mean, you talk to anybody with a disorder, with any disorder, I mean, and then try to correct them with somebody who doesn't have the disorder. There's so many self-help books that I'm sure that helps a lot of right. people, but they don't necessarily help. No, I mean, and it's also everybody. it's a bit like you and I have talked about, like the years of talk therapy mm-hmm. that we went through <laughs> that was so well-meaning. And the therapists were just lovely human beings. But mm-hmm. holy shit, does it not <laughs> help? You know what I mean? It's like I have probably 15, 20 years, uh, you know, since I was a kid of like talk mm-hmm. therapy. And then as soon as I got the OCD di- diagnosis and a good OCD therapist, they'd be like, mm-hmm. stop talking. It doesn't matter, you know, what the origin <laughs> of this particular thought is. The point is, let's stop having the thought. And and it's, I don't know if we've talked about the pink elephant. It's pretty famous. You tell somebody, don't think about a pink elephant and it's all they can think about right yes and it's the same way with an intrusive thought or a compulsion if you tell somebody just don't do that well that's very well meaning but that's not it for me i need an active 
solution, right? Mm -hmm. My active solution is refocus on my valued activity. What was I doing before OCD told me to pile those pennies in groups of threes, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then why you had to keep doing it. Exactly. And it's like, just let go of that and keep focusing on, you know, writing the great American novel, which I am decidedly (laughs) not doing. But, you know, what is it for you? Is it like a, an active thing? Is it just the acknowledgement that it's happening and then you can start to use other tools? What works for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it depends. Um, because some parts of it is, is fraught with other kinds of emotions and, but it depends on the situation for a typical OCD episode. It is, um, acknowledging that I had a thought like an intrusive thought and also acknowledging that I felt the need for compulsion. Uh Um, If I end up going to a compulsion, I try to become more mindful of what I'm doing. Mm. But in the situation, if it's a little bit harder, because that's like, that's like easy stuff when it's like, there, there aren't a lot of high stakes in the situation, you know, catching this, what I would call the easier episode, you know, like, and you know, that's like the easy one, but the harder ones, like when you're having something in the middle of class um, or in front of people um, is a little bit harder. And this is really hard for me is going to self-compassion, staying present, but then also being compassionate that, uh, you know, I'm trying my best. I don't know if that answered your question, um, but you try to find an answer to cure something. Uh You know, when, when you're like, it's like, how do I get rid of this bad feeling? But you realize that the real way, like, to get, you know, through it is actually through it. Yes. You know, and sometimes with OCD, you're like, in my, in my own personal mind, in my own personal version, um, I'm trying to go around things. Yeah. Instead of through totally. them. Um, and it, I'm learning not saying that it's all in here <laughs> in my head of fully I'm learning that going through it um works faster yeah than trying to go around yeah. them so yeah Ooh, yeah all of that was so real no <laughs> uh, I, so much of that I I think also works for me mm-hmm so if you don't have OCD, then I don't have OCD. <laughs> <laughs> We're just two people complaining about <laughs> nothing. nothing. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has a bajillion thoughts and compulsions and makes their day-to-day mm-hmm. life difficult because they're piling pennies, which I've never mm-hmm. done, but three is definitely one of my go-to numbers. So yeah, there okay. we go. I feel like this is a, very long episode so far. Do we want to talk about stuff we want to work on for the next couple of weeks or? Oh yeah. Uh, well, I was going to, I was going to mention the things that I worked no. on. We're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you go through your list yet of all the things that you worked on? Yes. Okay, great. Maybe I'll just, I'll just go through them pretty quickly. Cause it's, it's um, big stuff, but you don't have to, you do it at whatever time speed you want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I um in the month of January I participated in Scriptapalooza or no wait a second no I just made that up Pilot Palooza <laughs> through Script Anatomy gotcha. sorry 
Maybe that sounded more it catchy. It did I sound more catchy. I think you should give them the note. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Pilot Palooza is a 30-day uh, program that you basically write an entire pilot first episode. Dang. And that's it's both a drama or a 30-minute um, sitcom. Gotcha. I chose 30-minute sitcom because, one, less pages. Two, I like comedy. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm going to go that, that direction. I would equate it to, oh, well, I think it's similar-ish to NaNoWriMo, which if not everybody knows what that is, is National Novel Writing Month that happens in November. Uh-huh. And you basically write an entire novel, um, which is um, 50,000 words in a month. Oh, my God. And I've done it before. Very impressive. I've actually done NaNoWriMo. It was insanity. Sure. But the 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 way that I use NaNoWriMo is to get faster at writing. Mm-hmm and and be able to do that and it actually did help so i would highly advise even if you don't have a structure just writing a random story which is what i did um every day was a different part of the story that made no sense afterwards but was a great way of being able to put words down on paper pilot palooza i would highly suggest for those who have written pilots before and are maybe looking i'm not talking um like experts i'm talking like someone who's a little green or maybe emerging Mm -hmm. looking to write a pilot um that you may have already an idea of because i would come into it with a little bit of an idea and um and it brings a structure to um your own writing um because for me writing scripts um it can be kind of all over the place because I'm trying to make it perfect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I think having a structure where you're forced to writing something and learning something in, in I would say baby steps was a great way to get something um, out of your own writing. Um, did I make it at the end with a pilot? No, <laughs> <laughs> but I did make um very good strides on an idea I had about a couple years cool. ago. And yeah. And so, um, and really got me thinking about character and other things. But when I got to the outline, I realized I needed something different in, in the way that I structured um, uh, the idea of the character and how the air character started. So it made me um, go backwards a little bit, which is fine because it's an iterative process but it did get me a lot further than I had been um, when I came up with the nice. idea a couple of years ago. So I was, I don't know, I would highly advise it. Um, and just be kind to yourself if you make it or you don't. Mm, yes. Because <laughs> that's another thing, you know, is, is that, oh, shit, I'm really far behind, you know. And then, but then when I kind of let go of that feeling of like, I'm so far behind, I just realized, you know, this is benefiting me. And then maybe next time I can write, you know, come at it with a different perspective. Yeah. Another thing that I did uh, yesterday Ooh. that gave me a lot of exposure uh-huh. was I finished um, a humor piece that I wrote. Um, I think I started writing it in November and then I kind of wrote it for a class in December and then just kind of left it alone for a little mm-hmm. while. And all I needed to do was just finish, like refine a few sentences and um, and and rearrange a few parts. And that was all I had left. And so I challenged myself in two days 
to finish and submit. Nice. And I submitted it. (laughs) Yay. So this will either be my first rejection (laughs) of 2024 or um, my first um, something being published. Um, Awesome. 2024 and ever. So um, I'm excited and scared and submitting it was challenging because I... I also like to reread emails uh-huh. a lot uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, and submitting it and sitting with the idea of it being out and out of my control was fascinating. And so I was able to give myself a little bit of exposure, which was kind of nice. Cool. I mean, nice, nice in the sense of progress to my OCD therapies um not nice feeling to me <laughs> gotcha mm-hmm. well i'm proud of you thank yeah. you mazel tov yeah <laughs> say in the business yeah so what are you gonna work on um that's a great question so <clears throat> i think my very boring but true answer is I am going to focus most of my energies on getting a job. Oh, I nice. know it's and not a comedy job, but just a day job that pays bills mm-hmm. because um, I I love being a tutor. I'm really effing good at it and I help a lot of people, but there's no guaranteed hours it it goes from like noon to 9 p.m. at night it's wow yeah and it's um it can be extremely frustrating and also really rewarding i have a kid who has like extreme ocd and so it's interesting trying to pace a tutoring session with somebody who can't even talk because i can see like all the intrusive thoughts that are happening with them Um, Mm -hmm. but we're making a ton of progress, but anyway, it it doesn't matter. The point is, uh, I don't want to be in education anymore. And a neighbor of mine offered to help me get a job working for the state in what capacity. I don't know. I don't care. I'm like, great. Nine to five, you say, and I don't have to think about it afterwards. Yeah. So, um, I know it's going to be a lengthy process, but I am excited to do it because then I can devote my actual time outside of work to comedy. I can go and do open mic nights because I'm not working until 9 or 10 p.m. at night. I can Mm -hmm. um, take classes, you know, I can go visit people. I can, you know, there's just like so much more I could do if I had a steady paycheck and steady hours. And I have been looking for a new job for two three years at this point and it is such a pain so instead of half-assing multiple things i am going to whole ass getting (laughs) myself a job to quote ron swanson what about you heather what are you up to this week oh what am i working on this week (laughs) i I think i was just so stressed out about pilot palooza and totally getting my humor piece out i was just like now i'm like Uh, basking in the glory a little bit that's good yeah 
<laughs> um, I think I'm going to rewrite or finish a piece that I, a uh, humor piece that I already wrote um, a few years back cool. um, that I thought was really funny um, that needs to like maybe show up somewhere. And so I was going to work on that. I do want to work on a story um, rather than just working on humor. Nice. And so that's, that's kind of whatever that is, is whatever it's going to yeah. be. I'm going to let it open. I'm going to leave it open. Cool. So I don't feel good about leaving it open. I feel like I should commit <laughs> something. <laughs> well, it sounds like you are doing something imperfectly. Yeah. I'm, I'm being imperfect. Which is cool. Yeah. There we you go. get to sit with the uncertainty. And who doesn't love that? uh also kind of an announcement we are going to have our very first interview on the pod uh with a buddy of ours who is like a stand-up comic a writer um a brilliant performer uh also has a day job which i'm like what um (laughs) and most importantly ocd so yep uh can't wait it's gonna be really exciting um so you get to hear another voice other than ours ours. (laughs) and also representing a type of ocd that neither one of us have uh yeah you know which is good because we've papooted in the past apparently we have i don't know that was like the general (laughs) I, (laughs) i think i made some glib comments about uh Oh, yeah. so she's going to she's going to attack yeah. you. Mm-hmm. She's going to okay, eviscerate okay. me and we're going to put it on. Yes. Uh, YouTube. No, I'm just kidding. No video <laughs> version. It's just going to be audio, <laughs> but it's going to be amazing. So I'm really yeah, excited. It will be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's. Yeah. Great. Well, it sounds like we're doing things. We're we're doing things and we're going to be done. <laughs> That's right. OCD cured one month from today. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Uh, yes, it would be. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, I'd like to like to thank our sponsor OCD in a can. You don't have it, but you want to try it First sips free. And then your life is very examined. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, everyone. That's the end of our yes. podcast. Um, Good night. See you all next time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye bye. Okay. Bye, everyone. Welcome to the end of the show. This is Gabby Blackman. And this is Heather Nye. Thank you for listening to Comically Exposed. We are just a little show with two creators who edit and produce each episode. We appreciate all your support. If you like what you heard, please follow us on Instagram at comicallyexp.podcast. That's C-O-M-I-C-A-L-L-Y-E-X-P dot podcast. Or subscribe to us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes drop every other Wednesday. Also, special thanks to Track Club and Golden Finch for providing the music. Thanks for listening. And hey, everybody, today is a great day to expose yourself. Okay, until next time, ta-da for ta-da. Bye. 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 <laughs>